Is Ossoff the next Obama? He's a legend in his own mind. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I bring you the biggest stories of the week from a libertarian perspective. And the biggest story of the week, it has gotten national attention, it's certainly the biggest story around here, is the Ossoff loss. And I must say, I was surprised by that. I thought he would win, given how much the Democrats put on this race, that it was supposed to be the uh, the verdict on Trump, and that it was the most expensive congressional race in history, and it was all or nothing, and he was going to flip the sixth, and uh, it, it was just so important, they said. Now... I always thought it was kind of weird that they would choose this particular guy if the whole world was resting on him. So, of course, if you listen to my show, you know how my mind works. I'm like, hey, maybe they lost on purpose in a big way for some reason. Now, maybe to keep the base riled up for going into the 2018 midterms. You know, I don't know. I've got various ideas behind it. Maybe you do too. Give me a call, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. But it's just weird to me because Democrats basically ran him, like a single candidate. The Republicans put up like 18 people. I think maybe they had two people in the beginning. I don't know for the Democrats, but really the Democrats all got behind him. Uh, and he was a, a 30-year-old uh Clerk for Hank Johnson, who I, I'm just guessing is not would not be super popular in the sixth district. Not exactly something to brag about, and he didn't even live in the district. So if they were willing to go outside the district, they really could have gotten anybody. They could have gotten a seasoned uh, politician, a a proven kind of player. You know, he just to me, I did not think he was a compelling candidate, and I. You know, I would think that you would bring your best if this was an all-or-nothing scenario and not just kind of invent somebody for the occasion. But I was also thinking, you know, it could it could argue the other way, that you want this Obama-style blank slate. I don't know if you remember, but I don't think Obama was even, whether you want to say it's his handlers or his own instincts, whatever, like he didn't even vote when he was in the Senate running for president. Like it was a pure blank slate scenario and and similarly trump was like that really you know he just he never had he had no political record whatsoever so you can really project a lot onto that so there there obviously that can be a winning strategy there are other similarities with obama that i think are pretty hilarious and we're going to share those with you uh as the show progresses such fun it really it really lends itself to some humor there if you if uh I guess now that it's over and you don't feel like he's going to win, it can, it's really funny. But um, but I do I do try to think of in the in these such politicized times that maybe what are what's the real meaning of some of this stuff? I mean, I just I do not think that I never thought the Republicans were were so incompetent 
They couldn't figure out how to stop Obamacare. There were so many ways they could have done it. Ted Cruz had that procedure idea that would have worked. They could have um, challenged it in the Supreme Court for the origination clause because it originated in the wrong house. I mean, it's totally invalid on its face. So I don't think those things happen for no reason. And I even think Trump was not just this out of nowhere uh, overturned the establishment. I think I personally think that he was the establishment's answer to the Tea Party. So I feel like these political maneuverings, just because they lose, sometimes doesn't mean that they haven't aren't working towards a bigger strategy. So I do wonder the kind of meaning of these political outcomes, decisions, strategies. So I am curious to know what, what you're thinking. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Also, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, uh, my producer's here. With I, I'm curious if anybody thinks, so if you want to tweet at me, I, I did tweet this out earlier. Like, is anybody with me that maybe he, that Ossoff lost on purpose? Not that he personally lost on purpose, but that he was set up to fail, sacrificial lamb, whatever. Does any, what's the read there? I have a couple of tweets with one who is with you and one who is against you. All right, let's hear it. From Casey's mom, she says, yes, Monica, I thought maybe Ossoff was put up uh, to on purpose to lose and keep the tension high until the midterms. Yes, that is – I'll get into, like, my – well, this is what I think. I think there's a chance that they want to, like, mobilize the Bernie crowd, that they're looking to get that – momentum going and that without this feeling of tension against Trump that they are not going to get the big payday. So every single congressional seat is up every two years. So in 2018, everybody's running. So do you want people to think, oh, it's a slam dunk? Or do you want people to think, whoa, our best effort, our best effort, the most expensive wasn't enough. We need to redouble our effort. On the other hand, you could say, it's you know that could backfire and you could say it was hopeless but i i that's the way i'm leaning what else you got norman says i disagree there's no way they put ossoff up to lose what purpose could that possibly serve well that's what i think i mean i think that being the underdog is going to be a great narrative going forward it certainly got people mobilized uh for the tea party in 2010 and i think i think binkley maybe you pointed out that the whole kind of political strategy, I think you were saying it in general, but forward-looking in 2018 specifically and also in the 2016 presidential election, it was really the – it's really the, the, the emotional venomous hatred that's getting people going. That it's like it's – not, it's not just the lesser of two evils. Like they're taking it to a new level. It's like who do you hate the most? You know, I mean, don't you observe that? Absolutely. That that's what it is. But but that, I think, does it not kind of imply that you have to – they have to kind of be in on it together? Because you could actually run a likable candidate. You know what I mean? It means that, that there's some kind of, like, deeper conspiracy, which, of course, I think there is. You know, I don't think – I think the two-party thing is a way to keep people in check. I think this idea of democracy is just a way to keep people thinking – well, this is what the people want with no no reason to overthrow the king. We're just we're all in it together, you know. 
But that's what that kind of smacks up to me, real, truly orchestrated theatrical production. Yeah, it's also, you know, it's also a campaign strategy for someone who's running to I'm going to get my people to stand up and run by, you know, needling the opposition. Yes, but they do put out the undesirable candidate. Yeah, you're right. So we'll have to <laughs> let's we'll against that. I think that it's going I think with the congressional races, there are going to be so many that we are going to be able to really make a study of it. And I think that we do do that. Uh, we do a podcast where we kind of get into it called the Propaganda Report. And I think that we pull out some of these, like, deeper strategies. I try to hit it now. But um, another thing that I was thinking was they – I noticed it really flagged something for me that they kept talking about Pelosi. They kept connecting him to Pelosi, left and right. I mean – so many people called, so many articles, everything said Pelosi, Pelosi, Pelosi. And I never, it didn't really trip a flag for me, like for me to look into it, but it was a recurrent theme. And now, now they're calling for Pelosi's ouster, basically, because of that. And I almost wonder, oh, I know what it was. I, I that really made me put it together. I was watching this Young Turks video. Oh. I know, I can't stand <laughs> that guy. Sink Yugur, whatever his name is, and he who used to be like a young Republican, and then it is totally like your straight up uh, would have been a conservative. I think if he had gotten a job as a conservative talk show host, he would have embraced it. But instead, <laughs> he's like a self described progressive, and he he did this like really uh, emotional video. I, I'd wait till I was get on the air, but, and, and the camera's shaking the whole time. It's like really weird. <laughs> so, and then he goes into the problem is, uh, Ossoff ran as a centrist. He needs to be a progressive. He needs to be a populist. He needs to break from Pelosi. She's establishment. Why do Democrats give Democrats what Republicans want? And it was what was funny about it is that that is exactly what you heard for real, though, against the Republicans after Obama was elected. It was such an underdog thing to do. It was such a way to get people out. It's what Bernie used. It's what Trump used. And then I thought, this is really what it's about. And maybe they're going to let Pelosi, uh, you know, dry up and fall off when now in this manner, use it for something, really have drama because – I actually think that, like, Roger Ailes left in disgrace from Fox, but he was clearly terminally ill and died not long after that. O'Reilly uh, just disappeared without a trace, and I personally think Fox is revamping to become a real, like, European-style right thing, like The Sun, like Rupert Murdoch's other stuff, and uh, they were probably getting rid of him anyway, but they thought, let's make hay, let's make it – uh, a dramatic, let's make it look like a changing of the guard, look like a grassroots thing. And that's what I think Pelosi is, is coming down with. Do you have, what do you think about that? I can see that. They definitely have kind of put her head on a stick ever since the Ossoff loss. Yeah, but she's 77. You know, she's so nearing retirement. She's anyway. said, I would think that she is. They have, I feel like they have to resuscitate her every morning just yeah. to get her in there. <laughs> and I just, I, my guess is she's not going to run. At, she'll be 78. In March, before the next election. You don't think she's going to run for president? <laughs> she might run for president because the, if Trump sticks that out for two terms, he's going to be 78 as president. 
But she, I just feel like she's stepping down anyway. So why not make a big deal of it? I don't know. Uh, we shall see. But I really uh, want to take some calls. After the break, 800 uh, WSB Talk, 404 Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 81 degrees outside the studio, a 7 on the Mellish meter. It's a little wet, but it's a 7. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am going to Alan in Marietta. Alan, you are on with Monica. <laughs> hey, Alan. I didn't hear you. Say it again. I said I, I said I told you that Karen Handel would win. Oh yes, you did. So uh, what? So what do you think the Ossoff story was? Do you think it was absolutely straight up? What you see is what you get, or do you it think they lost up? They, they spent money and they couldn't buy it, and he was not from the district. I mean, it was just stupid to elect this guy, and it's going to happen the same thing in the 2018 election if they keep Nancy Pelosi in there. And Trump and the Republican Party do not really mess up. I see that we'll probably win seven to nine seats in the Senate, 25 to 30 in the House. I feel like you're playing in right into the narrative that this could be serving on purpose. Like, hey, they'll make uh, a big stink about getting rid of Pelosi and bringing in someone more progressive so they can lurch to the left, let the backlash from Trump lurch the whole party to the left, and then get people really energized because they realize how hard it's going to be to win. No well, way. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to. Uh, Ossoff is going to be. I don't even think Ossoff's going to run for president. I don't think he's got the personality. He's got a personality of Hillary Clinton. It's just you know I'm out there. Let's do it. He just doesn't have the personality. Yes, that's true. I wasn't thinking that he would run for president. I don't think we've heard the end of him though. Did you hear his concession speech? Yeah, it was pitiful. I know. It was so, what I'm going to call, like, stylized. It was so, yeah. so I have, after the break, I'm going to play some clips of that. What did you think of it? It was, it was party line. It was standard. It was written for him. He's just another, you know, puppet for Pelosi and Clinton's and all the, and so not the big rich guy, so not. And, uh. Like I said, if they keep going this way, they don't have a chance. They have got to get a new direction, and I hope they don't. <laughs> uh, they keep going. I think I think that's what they're going to say, though. I think that they're going to use this as an excuse to uh, emphasize to justify the Democrats going as far left as they possibly can. I kind of think that's what Bernie was all about. After the break, we're going to play you those clips from the concession speech. you got to hear them. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. We're talking about the Ossoff loss, and I threw out there the controversial opinion that I think maybe he, the Democrats put him up to lose on purpose to, uh, you know, for, I can see it unfolding. I'm not, I'm not like totally convinced, but I could see it as a way to keep the anti-Trump tension going. If if Trump's reign is over, if he lasted a few months and then 
It's just the the it was a horrible mistake, and the Democrats pull it back. Then you don't you really squander all the venom. And what Finkley and I, my producer, were talking about before the break was that this highly emotional venom, this hatred, is what's really driving. Seems like is what's driving elections these days. Not just lesser of two evils, which is what it was, I think, for a long time before that, but just. Uh, what what mobilizes the base is hatred for the other side. And I think that they they see how effective that is on both sides of the aisle. And they they really want to make the most of that, carry that through to 2018. And they wouldn't if they changed the momentum back to themselves. I realize it's a controversial suggestion, but uh, I'm curious to know what you think. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Why do you think Ossoff lost could there be something sinister or what for uh you can tweet at me at monica Presha. okay binkley so uh what uh what are people saying would you does anybody agree with me disagree with me what, what do we got there well we have somebody who disagrees with you and also thinks you're a democrat <laughs> you know i guess when you're a hardcore anarcho-capitalist libertarian i guess you're coming up around the other side i really don't know but i i could not I, my tagline on Twitter is, Ron Paul scares you, I scare Ron Paul. <laughs> so I do not think that that she is a regular Twitter follower of mine. Must be a newbie. It. It's be. Georgia girl. And we'll she, win her over. Yeah. She says that Ossoff's loss was an elaborate, orchestrated, theatrical charade, question mark. Ugh. Why can't Dems ever accept a loss? And then she tweets at you again saying – his orchestrated loss was worth that much? Question mark. Don't make excuses. Just accept the loss. Okay, I'll tell you this: Democrats are not on profit-making radio because it's not a talking sport. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I first went into radio, I had a an agent, but briefly had an agent, and he said, "You're a lib what?" I said, "I'm a libertarian." He said. Ah, uh, liberals, no, you can't, no, they're not, they don't work. I was like, I'm not a liberal, I'm a libertarian. And here's the thing, liberal radio tried and failed. I think that Sank Yugir, whatever his name is, from the Young Turks we were talking about earlier, I think he was a, I think he was on Air America. Was he not like a progressive? I'm not sure. I, know I think so. MSNBC. I think he and Rachel Maddow got their start on what became a yeah. completely failed attempt at radio from the left. And my explanation to the agent was, Liberal, liberal ideology is not a talking sport. It's a, uh, it's emotive. So that's why it's good to have visuals. You know, they really get a TV. But and conservatives are a lot more rational. But I take it to a new, like it really works on the radio because I can take it to a new level because they break down. Libertarians are fiscally conservative, small government. Uh, civil libertarians, or at the very least, the states are responsible for social legislation. If you want it, move to the state that has it. And then wars have to be just wars. Everybody has the right to self-defense, and and that's what the only justification for violence is. It's so highly logical and internally consistent, it probably almost breaks down at that point that it's just so analytically pure. But that's why it works on the radio. And that's why the opposite ideology, which is liberalism, does not work on the radio. So 
I'm not a Democrat. I'm not even a Republican. I am a libertarian and not even a registered libertarian that uh, I don't even vote libertarian because Gary Johnson and William Weld are not libertarians. They're just watered down Republicans. So they weren't even very good Republicans when they were Republicans. So that's not my thing. Uh, I'm not saying this stuff about Ossoff because I think that he I'm trying to make excuses. I'm saying watch out. Be careful because this thing's coming and this is what it looks like. And I have thought from the beginning that the purpose of Bernie. So I'm always trying to figure out the true meaning of these really uh, extreme politicians. We never had that before. We had the centrist ones. And uh, there was a thing called the Overton window by and actually Overton was libertarian, I think. But he he said, you can't get too far out there like Ron Paul, because you can never win if you're not if your issues aren't close enough to the center. And then so there was that theory, but that seems to be flown thrown out the window. Now, all their policies are just social Democrat policies, even Trump's in many cases, like the infrastructure thing is not some kind of extreme ideological libertarian position. It's not. Uh, But now they have these extreme candidates. And I think uh, it's so that's what I thought, like the Bernie thing was to make excuses to get the left to go further to the left. And then if you want to peel the onion another, really get super cynical, maybe Trump was there to to allow that drive, to, to pull the pendulum back so it snaps, you know, way further to the left than it otherwise would have if you just had, like, Paul Ryan. You know, <laughs> like, how far would that pendulum swing? So let's see what the, uh, what the callers think. I am going to Jamie and Roswell. Jamie, you are on with Monica. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. Hey, with all due respect, I have to completely disagree. And, and the analogy I gave the, your uh, producer was that, you know, no guy walking down the sidewalk who trips, skins a knee, breaks a tooth, bloodies a nose, then jumps up and says, I meant to do that. I mean. But what if he's a comedian? <laughs> well, yeah, Ossoff maybe has a better chance of being a comedian, but not as a politician. Zero experience not living inside the district. I mean, what so Republican... What were, what were the gonna, Democrats thinking, putting him up and putting all that money behind him? Well, they weren't. I think that they were going to sink as much money as they could. I think the, the first election where, you know, he, he, came so, he came out so far ahead gave them a false hope. And they but why they did they just put him up? Well, the Republicans they, put they 17... They could make it a referendum against Trump. The, but they only put... They had there were 17 or 18 Republicans, but the Democrats obviously really coordinated to put this guy up and they didn't even have to restrict themselves to the district. He was outside the district. So why would they be that stupid? All the brain trust of the Democratic Party in the whole country who all came together with their thoughts and their money. Right. All right. So listen up. So (laughs) no different than no different than Hillary. So everyone right. thought Hillary you had a Democrat in the in the in the White House for decades. I helped him. And I'm a Republican. I want to vote for the best person for the job. Hillary was not the best person for the job. The Democrats made a huge mistake thinking they could just, you know, ramrod her into the White House. Well what if what if this is reasons. their thinking? Now it's a huge mistake. Well what if this is what they're thinking? Hillary could have gotten four years 
and then we'd have 12 years of Republican. Or we give Trump four years and we get 12 years of Democrats. What if they were thinking that? Who knows? Trump didn't get elected because he was a Republican. Trump got elected because he's not a politician. Yeah, I mean that that may be true. Uh, I, I think I know it's true. Well, they they you talk the, with the people with a brain tired of Washington Washington being run by politicians. But what if somebody. the politicians? What if the politicians? The real threat to the Republican establishment was the Tea Party and the Liberty Movement. That was a real problem for them to the point where Karl Rove started a super PAC that was called, I think. American Crossroads or something that was meant to put down these grassroots candidates in the primaries. It was a super PAC to be used against other Republicans. And then all of a sudden Trump comes up out of nowhere, never talks about the Bill of Rights, never talks about smaller government, does not challenge the establishment when it comes to uh, uh, ideology, cronyism, anything like that. And uh, and he wins, and the Tea Party is neutralized. Like, I think that might have been what they were after. I think that if we look at the very big picture, we might see a different pattern emerge. Yeah, the threat to the Republican Party is the Republican Party. Same thing with the Democrats. Bernie would have had a better chance against Trump. Bernie would have had a better chance against anybody. This is what I'm saying. I think that these are the methods that the establishment uses against the actual voter. So the establishment is so far out of touch and out of reach with the people who actually work in this country and pay taxes and fight to keep it free. You know, they're, I apologize for being crazy, but they're so in love with the smell of their own flatulence, they have no idea when they have a turd in their hand. No, I think they're super clever. I think they have the money and the power and the brain trust. I think they have, they don't, do not take this lightly. I think the power of a government that, that absorbs 40% of the production of the country. So the taxes, the money spent by the governments of this country is equal every year to 40% of the gross domestic product. Think of the value of that uh, kind of, those kind of resources to the cronies who, who plot to control it. I mean, that's like $7 trillion worth of money. I don't, I do not think that they're standing there wondering what's in their hand. Yeah, I disagree. I, I think you're, you're making it way more complicated than it needs to be when you talk about people who go to work every day, see what's going on, see what the news. The media has a lot to do with this, too. They shaved the coverage. You know, they, they kind of did themselves in. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. All this stuff that you're talking about, the media, which basically controls our thinking. You know, I mean, we have free will. We are responsible for our own thoughts. But the way they manipulate, the way they shape, it's it's masterful. They are obviously in bed with the government. These are some of the most powerful people in the world. And I do not think when you say they did themselves in, I agree. I think Jeff Zucker got Trump elected by validating his claims, which I think are a false one, that he was an outsider. So I, I just – I am making it complicated because I do think – that this surface analysis, the way that it's just what you see is what you get, is too simple. I, I really do not think that that's what they rely on. They just put billions of dollars into politics and sit there with their fingers crossed, hoping for the best. I just don't think it works that way. But I absolutely love 
uh, having such a stimulating exchange of ideas. Thank you so much, Jamie. Uh, I am going to continue that. Made the board light up. Thank you. Well, I guess we'll <laughs> I wonder if everybody disagrees with me. Let's see. After the break, 404-872-0750. If that's busy, call 800-WSB-TALK, and you can always get through to me on Twitter at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 83 the high today, 66 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Keeping this conversation going, got people riled up about Ossoff. I'm going to Paul. Paul, you are on with Monica. Good afternoon. Hi. I have a, di- I have a different analysis of the Ossoff loss. Bring it. Um, first of all, I think that the Democrats have been in a state of pandemonium since uh, the Crown Princess was not elected, and they've been grasping at any straws they could. Uh, if we look back to the primaries, Handel uh, narrowly won the, uh, the nomination on the Republican side, having to beat off a field of uh, Republican uh, contenders. Uh, on the other hand, by the time Handel wrapped it up, also up in order wrapped up the Democratic side. I think what happened then is the Democrats saw themselves going zero for five in uh, uh, special elections. And at that point, I think they decided to pour all the money they could into the Georgia race to try to salvage one in order to save face. I think the strategy was working up until maybe a week or so before the election. The polls were showing that uh, Ossoff was in the lead. But there toward the end, I think conservative voters became concerned that they were giving away a Republican seat. They rallied. They turned out. And uh, Handel ended up with about a 5% victory. That's my analysis that it's open for a rebuttal. That that was awesome and so uh, politely delivered. I love that. It was awesome. I, I appreciate that. And I I think that, that, that it's possible that, that things are as they appeared. And if you followed it, that's how you would see it. I just, I think to think of the Democrats in a state of pandemonium and that they really wanted her, I think there is a possibility that there was a bigger picture. I think you could uh, go down the rabbit hole a little bit because we had on the air a um, guy respect who runs VoterGA.org, which uh, analyzes the voting uh, integrity of the voting in Georgia, which he says is quite poor. And Karen Handel, I think, was the Secretary of State. She did not improve it. Brian Kemp, who I like for some reasons, I do not think he improved it and garland said there was some funny business or mistakes made in the original vote and he said he thinks ossoff might actually have won so i expected to have the uh democrats contest that or make some noise and they didn't now that's just a tiny little detail i wasn't even going to bring it up but I thought about all the things that are kind of weird about the guy tripping, falling, knocking his tooth out. Kind of weird. Uh, but I love that analysis. Thank you so much, Paul. I'm going to get to more calls after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. 
This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Today we're talking about the Ossoff loss. And of course, it did not take me long to try to peel the onion on that and figure out the true meaning, the deeper meaning, the broader significance of the Ossoff loss. Was it what you see is what you get? The Democrats gave it their all, put up the best candidate they could find, and were crushed by uh, a not extremely popular Republican. And and this was, they touted it far and wide as a referendum on Trump, as a, the beginning of the dominoes falling for 2018, as uh, Pelosi's man on the spot. I don't know. I, I was buying into that narrative along the way. But when Handel won, I, and I saw, which some people anticipated, that they were really making hay of this loss it was getting more attention so the the shows with my producer binkley and i he's here he we do podcasts we put this show up on our on uh in podcast format on propagandareportdaily.com if you're interested and what in our shows that we've done on Ossoff have gotten more hits since the loss than before the loss So people are really interested in this now. And my thinking was quite possibly that they are uh, trying to keep the the tension high, that like Trump being such a a controversial figure, such a polarizing figure, has been really good for them to re-energize their base, uh, that the Democrats need to be re-energized. At the same time, I feel like uh, I have always felt that Bernie Sanders was there to justify the Democrats lurching to the left, that the Republicans and the Democrats tend to go towards the center, a center I don't like, the welfare warfare center. I reject both of those business models for government, but they that they want to uh, move the whole country left. Democrats win a lot of elections. And if they all of a sudden lurch to the left and are helped by momentum of the Trump from the Trump backlash, uh, you know, they can, they can capitalize on that. And I heard this, the young Turks, which was very popular, progressive. (laughs) Binkley, Binkley's very, I don't know if you're, it's just a hardcore conservative or what it is that just, you have a visceral reaction to the uh, to the Turks and the any uh, you Ossoff you had a visceral reaction to Hillary, I think it's all theater. But anyway, <laughs> so so this guy uh, he said that uh, the reason Ossoff lost is because he was too centrist, and this is a lesson to us all for the 2018 elections to be as progressive, as populist as you possibly can. Take the lesson from Bernie. And now there were four elections, these special elections, uh, in in 2018 is like 300 and something. Every single solitary congressional seat comes up every two years, so it's going to matter. Anyway, so I feel like. You know, that's me down the rabbit hole, but not everybody's there. And I can tell by all my calls, I'm going to I'm going to do some rapid fire call taking in just a moment. So if you're on hold, I will get you. Maybe not this segment, but pretty soon. Uh, So that'll be some good listening. But I want to uh, give the tweets a chance here. A couple of tweets. Binkley, you've got some tweets for me. Yeah. Joshua says two words. 
deep state. As long as he doesn't mean deep state is Obama holdovers, because the deep state is what killed JFK. It was not Obama holdovers. It's what put Obama in place, but I think it's what put Trump in place, too. So uh, if that's what he means, and I think he does, I'm with you there. There's a lot more to this than meets the eye. What else you got? Casey's mom says, look at this. Fox is calling Cruz and Paul bad hombres. Freedom Caucus, a cartel? Wow. Fox is calling those guys bad hombres because they're the ones who are not voting for this. Uh, Obamacare 2.0, that is so uncool. And then uh, the Freedom Caucus, this is what I said earlier. We are going to be calling it the Freedom Carcass if we let Trump you know, railroad uh, the this um, these Democrat policies like the the. The GOP is responsible for this. They have always said repeal and replace. I've never met, ever had a caller, anyone, anyone call me and say, repeal and replace. I can't wait for Obamacare 2.0 GOP style. You know, <laughs> nobody ever says that. And no one ever says that. And from the beginning, it's like, does anyone notice they tack on and replace? Repeal it. Repeal it, repeal it, repeal it. Restore the Tenth Amendment. So there, Fox is getting up. Fox is lurching to the left. This is this is happening. This is happening, people. So I'm going to do some rapid fire calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB Talk. Scott, you are on with Monica. Hi, Scott. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, first of all, I agree with everything you say. I'm way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> nice, but uh, but partially, but w- one thing on your little theory, yeah. I was I've got on. Uh, I partially agree with it because I think it was more of a grooming kind of situation mm-hmm. where they didn't care whether they won or lost mm-hmm. because they already had whatever they wanted to do for their outcome. They already had that figured out. Yeah, so, I mean, they, I, I'm either. sure it would have been great for them to have a 30 year old congressman who would have held on to that seat for 40 years. You know, like Joe oh. Biden. You can oh, really do a lot. They would have loved that. Yeah, they would have loved that. Then we're looking at John Ossoff for running for president one day. Yeah, and well, Ossoff. Just let me interrupt you for a sec, but I'll let you finish. Uh, his dad is super duper deep state. He he is was. Um, we've done a lot of podcasts on this. If you want to check out mm-hmm. my yeah. Um, on PropagandaReportsLA.com, but he's got deep connections with the Council on Foreign Relations, with international, uh, you know, law firms of the highest, you know, just a lot of international globalist corporations that I think make him, you know, having his own guy in Congress, you know, I yeah. think that that it wouldn't it wouldn't have hurt. So that's oh, no, good. I, I accept that. I'm, I'm in that I'm in that district that. Um, District oh. six or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I looked up all kinds of stuff on him, but he, you know, and I think also with that, you know, um, at the same time, you make the guy a household name by putting that right. much money into it. Now everyone in the whole country knows who he is. Yeah, and I had really, actually he would have never known who he was. We wouldn't even know who Karen Karen Handel was. Oh on yes. Country basis. Oh, you know? so they he got the Democratic Party to run a thirty million dollar PR campaign on him personally. On him personally. Oh, That's Scott, what I, I fully embrace your modification of my theory. And I'm... then, and then, with the Democratic Party, think about it forever. They all they do is manipulate people's emotions. So now, what they're doing is yes. they turn around and oh, we feel sorry for the guy for uh, losing. It's you know, so kind of it's thing. absolute genius. I absolutely adore it, Scott. Please uh, 
Keep it coming. Next time, give me – I can't wait for your theories. Okay. Thank, okay. You, Thank you so much Thank for you. me on. I love it. Uh, okay. So let's go to Susan and Marietta. Susan, what you got for me? Hi. I'm also a resident of District 6. So my observation on John Ossoff is that, you know, initially when he started the campaign – he didn't even admit to being a Democrat. I think they tried to kind of dress him up and make him look like a shiny new toy. Yeah, I noticed that. Conservative, um, or you know, we're used to say to independent. The of the district, but the problem is, is with that much money coming in from outside the area and him not even living here. I know I personally couldn't believe what he was saying. I figured he would just be way too beholding to the Democrats. And then when it came down to voting and representing the district, he would be voting the extreme Democrat. And, you know, I have voted Democrat and Republican in the past. I consider myself fairly, you know, socially moderate. But, you know, at the end of the day, and with all the ridiculous amount of money and phone calls and, you know. He's on the phone right now. I have to hang up on you, but who did you vote for? Um, I ended up voting for Karen Handel because I just didn't trust his message as being real. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Susan. I would love to chat, but obviously you're busy. So (laughs) I better take a quick break, but I've got lots more great calls. Lance, hang on. Michael, I... Michael's after that. He says John spent $25 million and got less votes than the guy who ran against Price. Why? So we're going to talk to Lance and Michael after the break. And anybody else on hold, I'm going to do some rapid fire. So uh, you're all going to get on 404-872-0750 if that's busy. 800-WSB-TALK. And you can always tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Partly cloudy, less humid tomorrow, high of 83. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I'm going to Lance and Ackworth. Hi, Lance. You're on with Monica. Uh, thank you, Monica. Love the show. Uh, just wanted to uh, throw in my two cents. Um, I think maybe there's a little bit of overthinking. It, it may be as simple as uh, Ossoff uh, being a, a young politician who really didn't have an extensive history to run against. He does have ties into the deep state. And uh, that allowed them to avoid all the, um, the negative baggage that Trump used uh, against Hillary and to, and to essentially run a, a campaign against Trump uh, like Handel or the Republicans uh, ran against Pelosi. Uh, yeah. That said, I don't put anything uh, against the duplicity of the, the people that, uh, that run things in this country, the elite, the, the deep state, whatnot. Uh, but it may, it may be a little simpler. At the very least, uh, the last caller, I believe he, he made a very good point. This may just be grooming people. He is now a household name and uh, will certainly be a thing for him in the future. Yeah, I absolutely loved um, Scott's point. I agree with that. I don't think it's absolutely far-fetched to suggest that he uh, was just supposed to be the blank slate candidate. That's That's obviously a viable option with Trump and Obama, especially against somebody like Handel, who did have baggage. So I don't reject that theory. Thank you very much for calling. I am going to Michael in Canton. Hi, Michael. You're on with Monica. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. And oh, yeah. To go well. along with the blank slate uh, that you're talking about, can you tell me who ran against Tom Price in November just six months ago? No. His I can't, and that's really, I shouldn't even say that casually. I should know these things, but it but pains me to follow politics. His name was Stokesbury. 
and he spent absolutely zero on his campaign, never a dollar. And he received 119,536 votes in CD6. Well, that was during a presidential election, right? Right, right. But where were those people? With a special election. Yeah. Also spent $23 million, <laughs> and he got 92,000 votes. That is curious. I mean, he could literally have driven everybody to the voting thing. Like, didn't Al Gore do that? Give homeless people cigarettes and <laughs> get buses exactly. and stuff? Exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, Stooksbury, nobody can tell me the guy's name. I had to look it up. And I was amazed when I found out that he received 27,000 votes more than Ossoff. And he didn't spend a dollar on his campaign. And you know why that's so fascinating to me is that those people live there. They're there right now. If You know, you could have gotten them up and out. Exactly. I'm on the edge of CD6. I can't vote in CD6, but I get all of it. In five seconds, can you tell me what you think the answer is? In five seconds, yes. Uh, the name Ossoff is out there now. Everybody knows it. Yeah, I think we cracked the code on this one. Thanks to Scott. Lance is on board. Michael, I think uh, I think we've all got it. Next, I want to talk to Rick and then Jared, who have some interesting stuff about Obama parallels. I've been noticing the Obama parallels, too. And so is Binkley. So we've got lots more. 404 872 800 wsb Talker. Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I talk about the Libertarian news of the week, and I sometimes go down the rabbit hole. And this week... I'm looking at the Ossoff loss and wondering if there isn't even is a rabbit hole. And one of the things that I observed uh, or that Scott and Michael and Lance before the break, we all kind of came to the same conclusion that win or lose, the main purpose of this 20 or 30 whatever million dollar campaign of Ossoff was to it was his it's his PR, his coming out party. And we certainly have not heard the last of him. I wondered why they would trot out a guy with a total blank slate. Uh, I just don't know. So uh, let's see what y'all think. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go right to calls after uh, I get a tweet. You want to go? Oh, no. You know what, Finkley? Weren't you doing some fact-checking on Michael's call earlier? Um, Michael said some stuff. What Michael said was that the Democrat who ran against Tom Price in November spent no money and got more votes than Ossoff, uh, and Ossoff spent, whatever, $30 million. So let's just make sure that's true. What do we got here, Binkley? Well, in the original one with Stukesbury versus Price, uh, Stukesbury did spend zero and he got 124,000, just under 125,000. And Ossoff, in the primary, which he ran against 11 Republicans, he spent, he had raised 8 million at that point and he earned 92,000 votes. And in the special election, the runoff right, of the right. special election, mm-hmm. he received 124. 893 votes for, and he had raised, I think, over about $24 million at that point. Do you happen to know how many votes Handel got versus Tom Price? Because the presidential election, 
the election that has a president in it always gets multiples of any other kind of election. Elections in November always get multiples of special elections. So uh, you would expect uh, the guy in November to get more votes than Ossoff just with the same dollar spent or, or, um, you know, that kind of thing. But the fact is that guy's votes, that Democrat votes, were already there without any campaigning in November. So you would think that you could really just – uh, capture every last one of the people who are going to get out to vote for Hillary uh, and incidentally vote for that guy, you should get every last one of those people out for Ossoff. So how? what was the kind of magnitude between Price and Handel? Tom Price got uh, 201,088 votes, and Karen Handel got 134,595 votes. So... Yeah, so you would think Ossoff would get, like, kind of half of the other guy on an even footing, and he spent all that money, and he didn't, you know, it, it was a big difference, but he obviously did not get every last Democrat vote of people who were willing to get in the car. Right. And that's a lot of money to spend. A lot of his support, a lot of the enthusiasm was from people in other states. Yes, yes. But you just wonder, like, how many dollars and how many phone calls per voter. Right. Yeah, because he was thanking people in his concession speech, which was quite hilarious. We'll have to listen to that. He was thanking people for uh, making hundreds of thousands of phone calls. So anyway, let's – we've got some calls on point for what we want to get into next. So I'm going to go to Rick in Atlanta. Hi, Rick. You're on with Monica. How are you doing, Monica? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, this – this uh, John Ossoff and Barack Obama has it has you know <laughs> a lot of parallel. It, it's like the same guy. And let me yeah. t- let me tell you something. I I I first met Barack Obama in 1987. Dude, okay, you met I, him in '87? I'm originally from Chicago. My family is in, in politics. My father was an alderman in the city of Chicago. And Obama uh, was like a councilman, right? No, Obama was organizing. Oh. Uh, he was a, he was a community organizer nice. on the south side of Chicago. What happened was the steel mills, Northwest Indiana, south side of Chicago, steel mills were you know uh, a lot of people's you know jobs. They were starting to close. He was helping organize and getting out to vote and doing things like that in the community. Nice. In the south side, mainly on the south side of Chicago, which yeah. was predominantly African American. This guy came out of nowhere. Okay, he got absolutely crushed. Oh. Uh, Rick. Obama got Obama got absolutely crushed by Bobby Rush. Rick, you have to you. hold on. I have a red alert, but hold that thought. This is a traffic red alert from the WSB 24-Hour Traffic Center. 440 AAA and uh, traffic right now uh, got a red alert. I-20 westbound before Liberty Road. All lanes are blocked. I-20 westbound. Serious crash working before Liberty Road. Take uh, Post Road uh, before uh, you, you get to that accident. That will get you around it again. All lanes blocked. I-20 on the West Freeway westbound before Liberty Road. Now back to Monica Perez on WSB. Rick, thank you so much. Can I? Uh, you hear me, Rick? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Great. Can you can you pick up where you left off? So there, he organized the steel mills. What was he tell? What was he helping them do? I mean, the he workers. Was, he, uh, he was an organizer, uh, a, uh, organizer helping getting out to vote, helping with jobs, helping uh, try to uh, place people in different jobs because they were losing their jobs because the steel mills were closing. Yeah, and he was and in his twenties. Had to have been. Yeah, this is before. This is before he went to law school. 
And wow. I, I think this is right after he got out of Columbia, if I'm not mistaken. All right. And, okay. Uh, and, and, and he, but he ran with absolutely no record of doing anything against for United States congressman against Bobby Rush, who was very powerful, you know, very well-loved in the African-American community. I'm, I'm African-American. He, he, he ran. And at the time, people were like, who is this guy, Barack Obama? I mean, they totally, they totally, like, oh. talked about him like he was an uh, Obama. Go back and read some of the stuff. Well, you know like, how he won, guy? though, don't another, you? You know how uh, he won both of those elections in Chicago, the primary and the, the full-on, you know, Democrat versus Republican. You know how he won both of those. Do you not? Well, I'm talking about he, well, he lost to Bobby Rush. Oh, okay. But, when he but, did but, win, but, I'll but, tell but, you how. So okay. finish up, and then I'll tell you my I'll tell you my story. See, and that that's kind of like you know at that time people were like, who is this guy Obama think he is to try to come in and challenge Bobby Rush? Interesting. He got crushed. He didn't get the votes. At that time, you would have never thought that he would have been president of the United States. You would have never thought. You said this guy's political career is over. With. But every 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 since he had moved to Chicago, he was a political opportunist. He was going. Yeah. To, you know, what saved him was he ran for uh, Illinois State Senate and got under the powerful United States Senator Emil Jones. I mean, I'm sorry, the United the Illinois State Senator Emil Jones. He went under his wing, yeah. and that propelled him to run for United States Senate senator out of Illinois, and he won that. And he only stayed there for a little bit until he ran for president. I mean, that's totally what they're doing with Ossoff. Ossoff has, you know, people laughing at Ossoff getting crushed. They're setting this guy up. Yeah. I guarantee you he runs for either mayor of Atlanta or and, until until John Lewis retires. Then he's yeah. going to run for that seat, and then he's going to somehow try to run for U.S. Senate. Like, it's straight out of the Barack Obama. They're grooming him to be the next president. Well, that's, that's very interesting, and I'll tell you why, Rick, because – Obama, first of all, he didn't really come out of nowhere. His stepfather in Indonesia was the liaison between United Oil and the government of Indonesia that was placed there by a U.S. coup. So his family was very deep state. People don't usually know that. And Assaf's family, I think, is deep state. But then when Barack Obama was running for the Senate position, both his primary and the, the regular general election – both times, his formidable opponents were brought down by uh, illegally unsealed or leaked. I think they were both divorce records. Do you remember yeah, that recently? Yes, yes, because they because they, uh, they 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 ran against the guy that I forget. I'm forgetting his name. They I forget the names too. The U.S. Senate. They got him. Then they bought in Alan Keyes, which was a total uh, joke. Yes. Uh, they, I mean, the race was over. They was trying to recruit Mike Dicker. Anybody to run it? They couldn't find. They couldn't find a Republican to run against Barack Obama for the for the Illinois uh, United States Senator from Illinois. Yeah, and, and that's and, the and, deep and state. The, and in the action. guy that they brought down, he was beating Obama. You would have never heard of Barack Obama as president. He was beating Obama in the polls. Yeah. Before they brought him down. All right. Last word. I'm going to ask you, Rick. Do you or do you not think that those two? Uh, the the unsealing the divorce record, whatever, blowing up his opponents was was absolutely deep state action all the way. I mean, it just it sounds it sounds suspicious because you know if you if you nobody gave Obama a chance. The, the fact that he became president, if you knew him like I like I put, yeah. it's still mind blowing. Nobody gave him a yeah. chance in that Illinois United States uh, Illinois uh, 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 senator yeah. uh, race until out of like you said out of nowhere. I think that right. the guy was married to the actress Jerry Ryan. Yes, 
And what what was unsealed was their their custody hearing, which they both agreed to be sealed, where right. she she said that he took her to like these weird swingers clubs yeah. that made her want to throw up like on herself on purpose, uh-huh. I think. And nobody, they, neither of them wanted that to be disclosed because they thought it would hurt their children. Yeah. So, so what ultimately happened was uh, Obama was effectively running un, uh, unopposed in both of those. And I think you might say John McCain was like the Alan Keyes in the presidential election. I don't know. Thank you so much for the great call, Rick. I want to get Jared in Dallas next to follow on with that because I think you had the same idea. Jared, what you got? Hey, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. Um, well, the guy, the guy before me, Rick. Took my main point, Rick. Yeah, he took my main point. Um, I guess what happened was when I first started seeing his ads, I told my wife, and this was early on. I said, you know what? He's going to be the next face of the Democratic Party. Watch, he's going to rise to the top. Um, even to me, even his. When he's talking, his cadence and mannerisms are Obama-like. Did you notice that right away? Because Binkley... Right away. He told me right away. He was like, listen to this guy. I can't stand politics. <laughs> it's so funny. I really can't stand listening to politicians directly because they lie. I read transcripts if I have to, but like, I don't want to hear it. And right. uh, so Binkley kept saying, you got to listen to this guy. He's imitating Obama. <laughs> imitating really? him poorly. I thought I was the only one that caught on. No, Binkley, we were doing crazy, shows but- and we even have clips right now of his concession speech, which absolutely drives that point home. I oh keep trying goodness. to get to it, but I've got too many calls. So, so yeah, that's the. Uh, I'll give you the last word, Jared, before I go to the break. Well, I, I'm just going to say that um, I think he's the. I think he's the next face. I think the Democrats have chosen him, to be, and he's good. I think it'll be interesting because I think he's going to rise up the ranks, and uh, within a few short years, I think he'll be running for president. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I don't know about a few short years, but that guy definitely, I thought he would be like the Biden type, be a congressman forever. Like, you get them young enough, but maybe, maybe see, it's a wasted operative who retires when he's 50 like Obama. I feel like you want what you want is a Biden who can, like, write the USA Patriot Act and spend 30 years trying to get it uh, enforced. But I guess that's a tale for another time. I'm going to keep with the rapid fire, and hopefully we can get to uh, Ossoff sounding just painfully, painfully like Obama. Let's hope it is not foreshadowing. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 80 degrees outside the studio, cloudy skies. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the true meaning of Ossoff. The best theory so far is that this has been a $30 million nationally financed uh, coming out party. Uh, Debutante, the debutante ball, the debut of John Ossoff. I'm going to Jamal in Lilburn. You are on with Monica. So how you doing? Good. What you got? Well, well Scott kind of took my um, pile on. My Come on, bring it. Yeah. But but he um, but I, I think that the whole thing is a trick. I mean, there was no, you know, Ossoff had no no chance of winning. Um, even if he got, I mean, handles a a, a, was a weak candidate. Um, yes. You know, so best case, you know, I mean, I, I think he ended up with the best case. And uh, those, you know, so you look at it, you know, there's. Uh, 
over there for, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, special elections around the entire country. Um, you know, so they're, they're just, the Democrats are just, you know, looking around, seeing what, uh, what races they can plug into. And, uh, but, but having a Democrat win in the sixth, I think there's no, there's no real expectation. That yes. So, so they used it for something else and they got people to give the money and stuff for the other purpose. And I was thinking the other purpose was to keep hate alive, but y'all are convincing me that the other purpose is to launch this guy's career. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's part of it. You know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a handle run for, you know, for the governors. Um, you know, so I, I think there's, there's probably a lot of things get money into Georgia. I think there's a long game as far as, uh, as Georgia's concerned. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think it's a long game. I think it probably is part of Flip the South. I figure there's an operation somewhere called Flip the South. Keeping it coming. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please, open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. And for people around the world, this small community in Georgia, which has become the epicenter of politics, sometimes to my chagrin, for months now, and it's had nothing to do with me. It never has. It's about you. It's about, it's about an extraordinary community at an extraordinary moment in history. The first opportunity in this country to make a statement about values that can still unite people. Yay! That was not... Actually, Barack Obama. Oh. <laughs> I know. He's, that was John Ossoff's concession speech, which Binkley here, my producer, had immediately pointed out sounded like the speech Obama made at the DNC, the Democratic National Convention in 2008? I think it was 2008. But there wouldn't be a convention. There would be 2000, 2004, 2008. Yes, right. Two, no. <laughs> 2004. So yeah, that was. Right. this is like his launching speech. And it's so funny. This is Monica Perez, by the way. I am the libertarian <laughs> voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we are digging into the true meaning of the Ossoff campaign. And that, what was funny, that that clip, it was, I'm going to have to play that again in, in just a minute. Uh, that clip shows 
how he just mimics the cadence of Obama to the point where it's like a caricature. And it's it's actually Obama's weakness. Like, you know how you do a caricature is of the person's weakness? So if they have a big nose, you make a huge nose. So that weird, stilted cadence of Obama, it's endearing now that you, you know, if you like him, you like that because it's, it's all him. But it evokes that. And I think they just, he's, I feel like Oslo's quite terrible at it. But maybe they're okay with it. You know, they, they're just like, ah, just just let it rip. But what was interesting, that, that little snippet was so silly. It's like, it's not about me. It never has been. It, it never has been. This is a guy who really looks like he's not even fully developed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't even look like he's, like, reached maturity. And he's saying, like, this is, this is my, you know, it's like somebody gave me a book. Uh, when my kids were born called The Autobiography of a One-Year-Old. And, like, the funny part is, like, everybody's writing a memoir these days. Like, here's the one-year-old. He calls his parents the smooth one and the hairy one. So, like, that's what I feel like. It's like it's never been about me. You know, it's about the smooth one. So, <laughs> so that was funny. But if you heard in the background, I until he just played that, I hadn't heard what the chick was screaming. Did you hear what the chicks were screaming? The heckler? Somebody's got to lead us. Yes. Isn't that sad? It's really bad that that fake Obama horrible impersonation <laughs> is, work. Is the one yeah. that she is desperate. Please lead me. I mean, it's almost like the worst thing you could possibly say as to this anarcho-capitalist. It certainly is. Yeah. You know, take control of your own situation. Unless it was his mom in the back or something. I don't know. Well, she's the smooth one. She yeah. needs to be leading him, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm sure she is. I think he is most definitely uh, the, the one-year-old of the political world. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, what so if you if you've got uh views on it four oh four uh eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB talk. I let's do you have any tweets, Binkley, and then we'll get to some calls. Yes, we do. We have Joe who says, This is wild. I've never heard anyone call it the deep state like this and then tie it together with real stories. Rick, a caller from earlier, was great, and now uh, what you're talking about now is great. So what we were talking about earlier was the idea that this is a very long-term plan. Many callers came in with actual insights, little pieces of information about Obama's backstory, about Ossoff's family's backstory, about the parallels and how they're rolling these guys out, starting them young, uh, using pulling strings behind the scene to get them to kind of leapfrog the normal progression, get them in young. So, uh, yes, that is very interesting. But if you if you missed what we were talking about earlier, we do put this up as a podcast on uh, PropagandaReportDaily.com in a, probably a day or two. Anything else? Yeah, we have someone who, uh, Hater Arch, says Ossoff was probably the best thing they could come up with, a white, smooth-talking, Obama-like figure they just want back. And Julie also phoned in saying that she said to Josh's screener, why did, why did Ossoff get engaged right before the race? Oh, yes. Julie, uh, I think she didn't want to... She didn't want to talk on the phone, but she wanted uh, her question addressed, which was the um, – I think you had a theory about this, Binkley, that she – that this was like an arranged marriage, basically. They started going out when they both went to this, like, uh, 
very kind of mysterious, exclusive school? Is it mysterious? I never heard it's of it. It's called an independent school. Okay. So they, they started going out like at, in high school, and then they went out for 12 years, and now only, I think it was kind of like the way Hillary Rodham changed her name to Hillary Clinton, to so it wasn't scandalous that she was like that liberated a woman as first lady. I think similarly, he needed some cover for why he was shacking up with this girl in a different district. But I think there's a longer-term plan here for her because when you see her next to him, she really reflects what we're kind of talking about, uh, uh, the orchestrated, caricature-ish thing. She's standing in the background. She has, like, her her uh, uh, good wife, political wife face on. And I almost feel like you can see her hand up the back of his suit, like, <laughs> making his mouth move, you know? Like, she's the ventriloquist. I, I don't know if that I would go that far, but she's definitely well-coached. She's in it. I assume for the long haul, uh, she was debuted with him. I don't know. But it, what you thought she she reminded she you She reminds of me of Kevin Spacey's wife from House of Cards, Claire. In the show? Yeah. The fictional character? I, I used to watch the British version of that, which was so fantastic. And, I, and it wasn't as obvious how important the wife was in that one. But I think in this one, it's like pretty clear that she's the she's the mouth, you know, she's the brains behind the operation. So uh, very interesting. I want to take some calls. Let's 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Steve in Atlanta. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I just want to let you think about this. John Oslop looks like, acts like, thinks like, and talks like Anthony Weiner. Do we really want another Weiner in Congress? I think there are far too many already. <laughs> so, yes, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. I w- that's another one. I do not fully understand uh, the meaning of Wiener, which I don't even understand why he pronounces his name that way. If you actually know anything about German, it's the it's the second letter that says its name when it's E-N-I, so it's Weiner. I mean, he could have just gone with that. Like, what? <laughs> who would pick Wiener over Weiner? Anyway, so... Uh, but I know I really it was his laptop that Comey was talking about with his October surprise that brought Hillary down. I do not know why, you know, the, all the hullabaloo is about Russia. But even she said it was Comey's October surprise that brought her down. It was totally. Weird. So I really haven't cracked the code on that guy. I, I don't know well, if there's a deeper story. I'm retired military. And let me tell you, I, I did a little bit of research on his quote how he supports the military and everything else. So let me tell you, this guy's the biggest phony there is. He does not support the military, doesn't care about it. He's just saying that to try to get the vote. I think and, he likes uh, the wars, I, though. I listened for that, and he seems to be highly supportive. Of He said, let's fight wars smart, whatever. But I think that he would be happy to use his connections to further uh, cronyistic goals in the military-industrial complex. I feel like this guy is just ready-made to, to wheel and deal. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you oh, very thank much. Oh, thank you so I, much. My, when you. I told my wife about that, she just hollered and said, yep, he looks just like Anthony Weiner. I won't vote for him. Yeah, well, Anthony Weiner, we think it's uh, maybe his out, outside image is Anthony Weiner, but he is striving hard to be the next Obama. I'm not sure it works. I don't think – I don't know if, like, you can – if he's going to uh, cross over. I don't know what the – you know what the what the charisma, what the charm of Obama is. It's I don't think it's just that he was the first black president. I think this guy had 
some real, uh, certainly like early on deep state kind of training, given like his background of his mother with the Ford Foundation and his stepfather with Union Oil and Indonesian government. I mean, that guy, Obama, was truly deep state. I think Ossoff probably is, too, but he's going to have to uh, polish it up a bit. So we shall see. Uh, Gwen, hang on. I'm going to get you right after the break. 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. High today of 83. Tomorrow's high also 83, but a little less humid. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have a prize pack for you. A pair of tickets to see James Taylor with special guest Bonnie Raitt on July 11th at Infinite Energy Arena. That is going to be fun. First to call 404-741-0750 gets that awesome prize pack. And I am going to give Gwen uh, her two cents. Gwen in Lawrenceville, you are on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Love your show. I'm a little surprised that no one has mentioned the shooting in Virginia with the congressman and Scalise getting shot. I do think that that's why Karen Handel won. Because, uh, oh, because there's sympathy for the GOP. Yes. People got angry um, at the game itself when President Trump came on TV on the screen. He was getting booed by all the interns, Democratic. And I think people just got really angry. I do agree with you that Ossoff is a creepy version of Obama, and they're all grooming him for bigger and better things. I think so, too. I I did think he was going to win for a little while. Can I ask you where you're from originally, Gwen, or is that? Yes, New York. (laughs) Which, But, like, which borough? You sound like my Brooklyn side of the family. Oh, my gosh. No, I grew up on Long Island. (laughs) Long Island is kind of Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn, like, where they, you know, a little neat and clean. What's hilarious about the whole New York scene is that my cousins, actually both sides of my family is Brooklyn, but my cousins who live in Brooklyn call New York the city. You know what I you know what I'm saying? Like they don't they're yes, no, yes. no one has a blade of grass or a car <laughs> and they're calling New York the city. So now every place I've been since then, I'm like you're like you, you call this a city? You have a car, you have a lawn. <laughs> Thank you so much for the call, Gwen. Uh, I'm going to hang on, Ron, Joan, we're gonna keep the calls coming. Four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Maybe something really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We're in the home stretch of a very lively and I think really deep conversation about the true meaning of Ossoff. I think we probably cracked the code. I'm not sure. Somebody cracked the code calling in today. I think we know. I think it was Scott first, but a lot of guys contributed to it. Uh, it was whether or not Ossoff won or lost, I really do think that he, this was his, his Debutante, his debut campaign financed by the National Democratic Party and um, 
fostered by all the millennials and the snowflakes who, who whatever, called hundreds of thousands of people, even though, oh, I guess they called hundreds of thousands of times. I know people got so many calls. Uh, I will take your calls. You can chime in on that, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, my producer's here with some tweets. You got some tweets for me? I do. I have one from Trump Fix that says, based on Ossos ads alone, I didn't even know he was a Democrat. I would have actually considered voting for him. That's interesting. First of all, he did say independent all the time. And I, I've noticed that. I noticed it especially when I lived in California, and I noticed it um, with the Kasim Reed's first mayoral run when he became mayor, that uh, they sometimes just erase the R and the D. Like, people don't actually advertise what party they're in. California, I think it's just like, everybody's Democrat? I don't know. But here, I guess as mayor, a Republican isn't going to win, so... I don't think Mary Norwood had an R next to her name at that time. Certainly, she didn't write it there. She might have been a Republican, but I don't remember it as part of the thing. And he kept saying independent, which I thought was that kind of a ploy. Uh, yeah, I did puzzle over that. Um, but then he had, didn't, weren't we listening? You and I were listening to the radio. And uh, the guy called in and said that he was a libertarian, like I am, but that he had to, he said he had to vote for Ossoff. No, no. He said he had to vote for Hannah. What was it? Yeah, he said that he wasn't going to vote at all, but then he watched the debate and he thought, man, I, I can't let this Ossoff guy win. I got to vote for Hannah. So he had to vote against him, even yeah. though he knew, so it's the, in that he, he knew the guy was the Democrat. He didn't care because at a certain point, for me as a, as a libertarian, it's, I, I think that you should vote for on principle, and if I think people understood Ron Paul's principles, his ideology, his record of sticking to that, then and everybody vote, voted their conscience consciences in uh, 2012, Ron Paul would have been president. That's what I think. So voting your conscience, if everybody did it, could work. But for me, I actually, I'm so far uh, down the rabbit hole that I think when you look at uh, I, I feel like the nature – I'm beginning to really believe this, like not just speculate, but I really believe that the true nature of democracy at this point is to just convince you that you're consenting and you're not and that and that you don't even know what they're up to. It's a true pathocracy, like a pathological government. It works against us. It uses our money and our authority to – kill and steal for this you know they are the marauding band and uh and that they use democracy to convince us that we're doing it to ourselves so i vote i cannot resist the temptation to vote i've never been able to resist voting which i just can't not do it but i i actually have a moral dilemma over it sometimes that i feel like i'm helping to validate what is a really truly fundamentally corrupt system so when I say I don't care, you know, I wouldn't vote for Ossoff or Handel, it's, I believe that – I mean, Handel was up there arguing how how dare you suggest that I wouldn't use the power of government to control health care. I mean, that's just offensive to me. I, I know people who have been sick. You know, it's like – I know, but that doesn't mean you're allowed to – 
tell people how to run their businesses or steal money from some people and give it to another. Like that, they're arguing about who's gonna, who's going to do a better job controlling the world. And I don't want the world to be under control, so I can understand why libertarians don't want to vote. But but that he was driven to vote because this guy himself was repellent makes me wonder if that if the Democrats knew that and they were going to keep they they wanted it to look like a really difficult battle to win so that the entire country mobilizes for the congressional races of 2018. Because if he had won, you might get people sitting on their laurels. It's this great Tea Party feeling, Bernie Sanders feeling, Trump feeling where we're the underdog. The other side is reprehensible. Let's get off the couch when these people aren't really out way outside of anything. They're mainstream, middle of the road, tax more, spend more. Who cares about the debt? All of them. So uh, that was an interesting tweet. All right, I got to take some calls. I'm going to go to Joan in Atlanta. Joan, you are on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I vote my conscience as well, and I feel like it's important. I, I know I struggle with it as well, but, you know, being in an imperfect society and the way that politics is ran, I just vote for the candidate who supports most of the core issues that influence my life. Do you ever and vote? I have to ask you, Joan. Do you ever vote for someone you don't like because the other person makes you sick? No. I don't base it on personality. Nice. Well, that makes you a very small minority. So what? Well, what is yes. it? Um, there are just issues, and, 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 and again, I already know that it's imperfect. The, the system is imperfect because I don't think that uh, – I just think that's just the logical way to vote. And, and, again, according to the conscience, this issue, that issue is most important to me. So I just – I have to make a choice. I do think that they use that against us. I feel like you're always going to have abortion and gun rights as highly contentious, and now they're going to fold in health care. The really contentious issue in the U.K., the thing that, that was the deciding factor in Brexit, mm-hmm. it's the deciding factor in the in the regular uh, elections. It's always the national health system. It is an absolutely critical, divisive issue where people are on two mm-hmm. different sides. I think, right. yeah, they exploit mm-hmm. that. Yes, indeed. And, and and even in that, I just feel like, again, we're going to have to choose some type of health care system. But I feel like as intelligent Americans, we can't let them exploit us because the, the, the bill may be effective in some areas and then not in others. So it may have to be maybe even modified. At some point, I, I have but, to say, I look. I'm sorry to cut you off, John. I have it. It is. I've written actually quite huge articles about that. Any time the government starts telling people they have to do something and spend money on it, from education to health care, or subsidize it, like by having a mortgage deduction, your rent is not deductible. Your mortgage interest is a financial product. Any time they do uh, anything like that, it creates hyperinflation in that area. So health care costs way, way more. Cosmetic health care plummets in price, gets better all the time. The, the important stuff that you're mandated or that, like, Medicare pays for goes up in price. Same thing with education, just skyrockets. And then, uh, you know, housing prices just get so high, no one could ever buy a house with cash, which isn't true in every country. So I, I think that liberty is the path to peace and prosperity, or at the very least, going back to the Tenth Amendment, which puts those things into the states. I mean, 
you have millions of people in any given state, they should be able to handle what are called, funny enough, the police powers, which includes health care, education, all that stuff. That's where I come out. I really appreciate the call. And I'm going to Ron in Duluth. Ron, you're on with Monica. Oh, thank you for taking the call. Um, I think you've uh, done a great job of putting to rest the uh, past uh, uh, congressional election here in the state. I was going to ask you about your thoughts and comments about another past election, and that is the report out from the Washington Post about Obama knowing about the Russian interference during the last presidential election. And I'd love your comments on, on the following thought that I had. If he knew so much about what was going on with the Russians trying to interfere and get involved with the uh, presidential election, wouldn't he have known if Trump and his organization was involved in that activity? And then wouldn't he have exposed it so as to allow Hillary to win the election? So his silence makes no sense if the Democrats also believe that Trump was involved somehow with collusion and uh, with the Russians. Here's something funny, Ron. I was actually going to do this entire three-hour show on that Washington Post article, and I said, you know what, let's start with the Ossoff stuff first. (laughs) And, I mean, that article was so replete with just so many little messages, so many implications. Um, And what they said, and, and it really was actually, I think, part of the entire point of that, what looks to me is absolutely fabricated from whole cloth, a made up story of an article that they were trying to, one of the purposes was to whitewash that exact question, that kind of conundrum, and they addressed it like seven pages into the article, (laughs) such a ridiculously long article, you couldn't possibly read it all. Uh, one sitting, I kept falling asleep. It was so he talks about uh, one of the subheadings in the article was ample time after the election, and then they go uh, and say I had all these uh, quotes from it, but one of them was that he was like sad and disgusted, or he he was shocked. Shocked and horrified, I think it was, that Obama was mm-hmm. shocked and horrified that Trump won, that he just was absolutely right. blindsided, which is impossible to believe because they have inside polls. I just don't believe it. Right. But, but wouldn't the, if he had known about all this, yeah. wouldn't it have made sense that he would have known about any Trump campaign involvement and exposed it before the election? But he was so saying to help Hillary. But the article was saying that they they were so confident that Hillary was going right. to win that what they actually did. And this is like an insane little bomb they put in that article that they planted a bunch of little like uh uh, cyber nukes, cyber devices inside Russian infrastructure to be detonated by the next president if he so desired. Did you see that in the article? I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's an act of war. We don't know that Russia did anything to us, but they now know that we did or we are bluffing, which is super crazy, because now that gives them a justification to go do that to us. And there, right. and the argument in throughout was that they would uh, – that – it would be Hillary who would be taking up the mantle, and therefore they could plant all these bombs. They were just felt that there's this going to be this continuity of government and that it wasn't going to be taken over by a Russian agent. <laughs> you know? I don't believe that. I think this Russian thing is nonsense. It wouldn't surprise me, and I think it's probably in evidence that uh, Trump's history and backstory and dealings in New York probably had – uh, you know, Russian mob connections, his casino stuff. Has, you know, there's probably plenty of deep, 
dark stuff that you could get into with Trump. But I, I think this, I mean, in that article, they had a picture of Jeff Sessions and Kislyak or whatever his name is, like the foreign ambassador with like circles and lines drawn together. And if you if you listen to Sessions hearing, it's absolutely laughable that the notion I maybe I'm naive, but that that was one of the many little hot buttons in that article. I was like, this is fake news dressed up with the big, you know, old English Washington Post header and all that's like, this is real news, you know, and I, it was I bet that every single word of it looked like a lie to me. Well, I wish I had another three hours because that's what this show is supposed to be about. Oh, and I instead I'm going to wrap it up after the break. I'll read another tweet if uh, we get a good one at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we are wrapping it up. And boy, have we had a lively conversation today. I am going to give Bill in Douglasville the last word. You have one minute, Bill. Go. Hey, Monica. I just want, uh, first of all, thanks for taking my call. Um, Could you identify any policy or statements that uh, Karen Handel said that she would uh, adapt to whenever she uh, assumes her role in the House of Representatives? Well, she said stuff like, I will make sure pre-existing conditions get covered and stuff like that. But, no, I don't remember a lot of substance. But I'm not in the six, so I, I was looking at the bigger picture, I think. The bigger picture. What is that? I think the fact that the national media, the national political scene was absorbed with this race, that they are – uh, that they were up to something, that they they were using it for something else. And I thought it was to start a domino effect so that the congressional is like a precursor foreshadowing to a landslide for the Democrats in 2018, which would be normal. A lot of times the midterms, if not like every time, uh, many times rejects the party of the president. Uh, so I thought it might start the domino effect, but now I think that maybe it was just to keep this uh, atmosphere of tension going. I don't know, but I do have to uh, wrap it up. It is going to be mostly sunny Monday, thank goodness, according to the forecast, a high of 84 as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather, brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air and That's it for me, but we continue this conversation all week long on Facebook and at Monica Perez Show on Twitter. And I will be back next Saturday from 3 to 6. This is Monica Perez.